to the Travis Jones podcast. Today, we have Steph Sanzo. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me today. It's an absolute honor. I'm very excited about this interview. So am I. So am I. We're going to talk so much about Steph. You have 1.6 million followers. I actually went and looked earlier today just to make sure you yeah. hadn't like gone up even more. Um, but I know you're growing still, obviously. But I think it was like 1.5 a little while ago and a 1.6 now, which is obviously the continual um, evolution of your following. Um, how is it to have 1.6 million followers? To be really honest, it's, it's not different to anything else. It's just a number. I don't, I yep. don't look at it and go, wow, 1.6 million, I've made it. Um, yep. It's so much more, it's more about the people that is the number, not so much yep. the number itself. So that's probably the most exciting part, um, just having um, all of those people that you get to impact every day. And I hold them so precious to my heart because I would never want to take advantage of you know, them following me and do the wrong thing. So it, it, they're a big motivation to me and I'm really grateful to have that amount, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, I, I t people come to us all the time. They go, Hey, how do I grow a following? How do I grow a following? I'm like, well, one of the biggest things is like, actually, you know, it doesn't matter about the number. It matters about the content and the tribe that you're building. Yeah. Um, and you know, for yourself, obviously you're building a huge tribe of people and empowering them. Like what's one of the biggest things or why the reason behind wanting to grow a following and wanting to impact the lives? Yeah. So at first it has turned around since then. So when I first grew a following, it was like, I want to grow a following and I didn't know oh. why. I'm just like, you know what? I am, I was a stay at home mum at the time. I'm like, I'm bored. I need something for myself. And I'm like, I'm getting into fitness. Maybe I'll share it. And I saw that, you know, people follow people. and I kind of figured out how it worked. I'm like, I want to do that. I'm going to get like this big number. Um, and that was how it started. Honestly, I think that's how many people start. They don't actually, until you get into it, you don't actually understand the impact that it can have until it's, it's actually happening. So once I started to get like people, you know, talking back to me and, and feeding off what I was posting, it was, it, it turned around really quickly. I'm like, wow, these people are, are watching me. I have some type of responsibility now. Um, so mm. yeah, mindset completely shifted. So with that, do you feel like you have a, a pretty big responsibility because you have 1.6 million people following what you're doing pretty much on a daily basis? Um, yeah. Do you feel like you have a responsibility to them to live like your best version of yourself or to motivate them and inspire them? Yeah, that, there's, it's a fine line. I don't want to live this best version yeah. of perfect and almost unsustainable to the point where it's fake. I want to make sure that I'm projecting uh, authenticity as much as I can and sharing my journey that's realistic for me and what I do is realistic and that's what makes it so special it's not so much that I feel like I'm obligated to do this for them yes they motivate me but I would honestly be probably doing this without the following but I just get the joy of getting to share it and get people motivated by it so so with that, like, obviously you probably get DMs every single day saying you inspired me to X or because of you, I did Y. How fulfilling is that? It's, um, it's, I don't think I ever, um, yeah, get used to it. it. Every message that comes through is just like, whoa, you can't, it's, I can't even comprehend when people write like a story and how much you've impacted them. Cause I just like, like, I, I think me, like how, like, I just don't understand. So it's really humbling and it's um, a big wake up call. Like, and I always make sure that I'm not taking advantage of people like that and that I can give them the most of me. And I try and get back to as many people as I can. And yes, I get a lot yeah, of yeah. like that, but I never ever like think, oh, another one. Like every time it, it hits me still raw at the same time, all the time. 
Now with people, obviously, you know, you probably get people asking you how to grow a following as well. Cause you have such a huge tribe, yeah. um, growing a following at the start versus growing a following towards the end has your strategy changed or is it still just give, give, give like, you know, actually go back to my tribe and interact with them. And like, what's the strategy behind it? So the strategy, as you know, Instagram has an algorithm and over, it used to be really easy to grow if you were consistent with your content. And now it's getting more trickier because obviously a lot of people are using the platform and they need to monetize somehow. But I guess the most important thing that you can do when you are growing a following from the beginning is make sure that you're consistent, that you're authentic in what you're doing, that you have a genre. So for me, it's fitness and I'm passionate about it. So share your genre with people and interact, like you said, with them as much as you can and, and give back. Don't make it about you. It's not about Steph Sanzo and I'm doing this and look at me. Yeah. It's about how can I write programs that help people? How can I inspire people? And I think that um, has a rippling effect and it can grow really organically that way. Yeah, like I think like some people come to me and go, oh, hey, I want to grow a following. Like, what do I do? And I go over to their profile and I'm like, dude, you haven't posted in like three weeks. Yeah. It's like probably step one is like start actually posting on a daily basis. Yeah. And then step two is like, don't just post selfies of yourself, like actually yeah. post content that's going to feed your tribe and nurture them to, yeah. you know, for them to actually grow, learn, contribute, and want to actually come back and interact with you on a daily basis. Yeah. Now with this, like, do you find it hard now with the volume of followers that you do have to interact and engage through all the comments and everything? Yeah. I mean, like when I do post, I sit on it for the first hour. I try to, that's why I post late at night, uh, put the kids to bed. And then I'm like nine o'clock. I'm like on my phone till like 10 o'clock, like replying to as many people as possible. I will sleep, get up in the morning and that post the night before I'll like do what I need to do with the kids or whatever and then get a coffee and then sit back on it and anyone that I may have missed. So I actually put a lot of effort in yeah. on content, making sure that I am getting back to people. Um, but it, it's a big job. It's, it's probably, I probably go a bit too far with it, but I think, like I said before, like I don't, I don't want to ever take advantage of the people that I have and I want to make sure that they're feeling valued themselves. <laughs> It's funny, right? Because like so many people want to want the quick fix or the quick hack to grow your following. But like just in, in a second, just then you said like, obviously you post every, every day. Um, and then when you do post, you're there for the next hour commenting back to everyone. Yeah. And then for the next morning, you're there for like an extra half an hour, hour commenting back to them again. So yeah. you're spending two hours a day building your, trying to, your tribe and engaging with your tribe, yeah. actually make, giving them you and your authentic self and it's not some you know person in the philippines commenting back yeah. to someone it's actually you commenting back to people which yeah. is amazing and like that's not a quick fix that's not a hack that's just a bit of work ethic and they want to actually help people so the hack is actually doing the work is that what you're saying yeah yeah you've got to, you can't expect to have something and not feed it like it's like if you have a plant i love the plant and the plant dies like the next week because you haven't you know put good soil into it you haven't given it water and i feel like it's the same with your friendships with the people that may follow you or anyone that you're an inspiration to like if you're not like giving back you're not going to receive so it's a um, even yeah do you think like for yourself obviously you've gone down more the powerlifting route um, do you think that niche in itself, you've found like a sub niche within the niche of fitness? So there's fitness and then there's like the strong version of a female, the powerlifting female, like you sit inside that sub niche. Do you think that's helped as well? I think so. I think that you have to um, have something, a point of difference about yourself. Yeah. 
because um, otherwise it can all be same, same. We're all doing the same thing. Um, so I think like having that has definitely like with my genre helped grow what I'm doing and also expose the industry and letting people know that it's not just a um, thing for the boys, that girls can do it too. And it's not masculine at all. It's actually great for the body, um, great for your mind, your confidence. Um, so yeah, it's an actually, it's pretty, well, that's why I started to like yeah. do it initially for my clients. Um, Cause I thought it was a great way of lifting and just the fact that I fell in love with it because it changed my mindset, not only um, about life, but about, you know, my body as well. So it's, um, it's just a whole nother world. And I, I like, I love putting it out there. So yeah, it, it's definitely helped. So that's, so you first went to the powerlifting, powerlifting stuff for you personally, and then you've transcended that to obviously share that um, journey with your strength gains and all the rest of it. Um, tell me about your journey in the fitness industry. Tell me about like, where did you come from? Obviously I've seen your before and afters. So I know there's been a journey. Like, do you want to tell us a little about that? So I started out like, from, I always talk about this with other people because it's, it's different. Um, but I actually hated fitness. Like I couldn't think of anything worse than being uncomfortable, sweating and hurting. I'm like, good enough of that in life. And I want to do it to myself every day for no reason. Um, but yeah, I, I had two children and I um, gained some weight after having the kids. And uh, at that time I became a stay at home mom because the career that I was in wasn't sustainable with two children. Um, so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? And at the time I was searching through the paper and I saw the PT course and I'm like, oh, I've gained some weight. And I thought maybe if I study it, I'll know how to lose the weight. So it actually started that way. There wasn't an actual general interest or passion in fitness at the beginning. It was more so like, I would rather learn myself how to do this instead of go hire someone else to do it. So <laughs> isn't that the way though? Like if something's broken, don't you want to fix it yourself? Fix it yourself, yeah. And everyone else to do it. Um, yeah, so it started like that, but then as I dropped the weight and as I learned more, I actually got really interested. Um, and that's where the fire started to ignite. So, um, so, yep. So then from there, so you did a PT course, did you start doing like the, just PT yourself or, and then before you went into the online space or? Uh, yeah. So I was a PT for a good, I think three years maybe before I, um, started doing like writing programs online. Yep. And the thing is, I didn't write programs online just for the sake of going out and trying to make money. It was like people were asking me all the time and I'm like, oh, there's a need here. So what can yeah. I do to like feel the need? So that's how that started. Cool. So for yourself, you know, you've grown the following. I'm sure that you have, it's opened up a lot of doors for yourself. Um, I know you have, you know, you're in partnership with the sweat app and obviously you were just recently on the strong magazine cover, which is super exciting. How do you think um, it's opened up the doors for you in your career? Um, I think that the consistency and the hard work has paid off. I think Everything that I've done, I've never chased. And that's the difference that you can go and chase a million things and try and make stuff happen all the time. Um, and life can be pushing back at you and you can keep pushing and go nowhere or you can keep doing what you're passionate about and helping everybody along the way and let things just come to you and just take them as they come. Um, and that's what's happened with this whole entire fitness journey with me. It's never been about like trying to get more and grab more and walk all over that person. It's all about helping others and just taking it easy. I mean, like I've been in the industry seven years. It's not like I just popped up two years ago and here I am. Like I've been slowly grinding behind the scenes for a very long time and haven't pushed my way in at all. And I think that if you're patient and you're consistent and you're humble, that it will come regardless, as long as you're doing what you're passionate about without the expectation of money now and this now and fame now. So, um, yeah. So don't go for instant gratification. 
No, <laughs> not with anything that you do. And it's hard not to do that because we're all go-getters and, you know, there are a lot of passionate people and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that if you really, you're really passionate about what you do, you need to be patient and consistent instead of, you know, going, oh, this is not working. So now I'm going to give up and do something else. Like you just, yeah. You know, yeah. So for what about for like the motivation side of things? Like how do you find the motivation to one, if we look at everything, right, you know, being consistent with posting on social media, like do you feel some days that you just don't want to do it or? Oh, of course. I mean, there's heaps of days. Like I don't, I wake up and I'm like, I'm sore. I'm tired. Like I was up last night with the kids. Like one of them was sick. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just, you can easily talk yourself out of it. And I think that if I let my emotions, um, rule me I wouldn't be doing anything at all because us females personally I don't know about you but females we're very emotional beings like we can talk ourselves out of anything so um yeah just if you establish a routine and that's just what happens in the day like brushing your teeth having a shower if you do that it will make it a lot easier to be consistent but yeah there's definitely days that I'm just like wretched like I'm I'm done but you know what I do? I grab a coffee and I go, you know what? Get over yourself, Stephanie. You've got a job to do. Just get it done. My masculine side comes out. <laughs> oh, but I think it's, it's the same as going to the gym, right? Like there's some days you don't want to go to the gym, but if it's consistency and it's a routine, you just do it. I'm sorry. There's like some days you don't want to post, like it's in your routine. It's consistent. You just do it. I think, you know, motivation is a very, um, well, it's finite, right? It's finite and infinite. So some days you just don't have it, but the next day you will. Um, but it's on the days that you don't have it is when it counts the most um, yeah. because it carries you through, which is obviously comes down to that consistency. Now mm -hmm. with this, obviously you're a Geelong local. Yes. Yeah. How, how is like, how, did you grow up in Geelong? Like, tell me about that. So I'm a country girl. I actually grew up in Albury-Wodonga. I was born, born in Murderford, which is like even smaller than Albury-Wodonga, small country town. Um, and then my parents moved to Geelong like a couple of years before I did and then I got a promotion promotion at work and then I relocated here um to be with them but uh yeah it's uh I have I've, how old am I I moved here when I was 19 and I'm 32 turning 33 soon so how many years is that I don't 13. know 13 yeah 13 years 13 yeah so I mean I feel like that's a long time enough to feel like I'm Geelong you know, breed. John breed now. Yeah. <laughs> I literally last night I was saying to live, how old am I now? And she's like, cause I can never remember how old she yeah. like, you're, you're 35, Travis, you're 35. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll ask you probably next week as well. <laughs> um, I think you get to a, a point where you're like, I can't even remember what my age I is. I can stop counting after 30. Like, it's just <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you were born in 84. Do the math. Um, <laughs> so what about this? Like as far as like um, the stories angle. So obviously you post a lot of stories through your social as well, obviously with um, IG. Do you find that you have a specific amount of stories you're posting on a daily basis or it's just getting it out there and just sharing you know, your life? Yeah, so I think stories is a really great way to show a little bit more about yourself. You know, the coffee that you're drinking or like your, you know, your food place that everyone does and then it makes you hungry. Um, but yeah, I, I think like whenever I can, I, like I try and not do everything because I like yeah. to also have a life and have some privacy and like be present when I'm with people and not be like taking photos of like feeling yep. that I'm eating all day long. But um, I think it is a good way to connect on another level and, um, you know, show a little bit extra in the training or give people tips that I might not give them or like even motivational talks that I'm feeling in the moment that I actually probably wouldn't put in my feed, but yet it's there. I'm like, this is great for the story. Um, I think it's a great tool for anyone who's not currently using it. 
um, to get on it. Definitely. Do you find like um, hard posts are more like your like educational main um, posts and then stories are more like personal? Like I know you have a lot of tips and um, on your stories, a lot of your training on your stories as well, but it's like, do you think that's more like behind the scenes kind of thing, like tips and um, like the more like not, everything's authentic, right? But they get to see more of you, like more of who you are and your life and, you know, essentially, you know, the ups and the downs. Do you think that's what you use stories for? Yeah, you can. I think you also, everyone's different. So I have like a threshold for me. So I don't overshare. Like I don't over like put too much of my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are older now and they're in school and kids talk yeah. I don't wait for them to be the center of bullying um, because of me, because kids are seeing mm. online and they didn't know what I did online until last year. And yeah. Like, kids are talking because I just, I protect them. I'm just like, I don't want, you know, gossip and stuff like that and that's only because other kids told them which is horrible but like the fact that they're all talking about it and know about it already um concerns me yeah Um, so yeah i'm very i don't just go flash my kids all over there um but yeah i'm just very picky wishy-washy what i what i put on there because i do um my private life is my private life and i give a lot already and i want to keep that for me and my um family so it really depends yeah so how how tall are you i'm five Oh, I have this argument with my partner. I think I'm five foot two, like dead set, but he's like, no, you're five foot. And he keeps telling me. But I'm like, I swear sometimes I wear my hair a bit higher to get that extra inch or extra. I think it's five foot, yeah. So are you tall enough to go on the roller coasters at um, <laughs> the roll show? I'm the cameraman when I'm at the show. I avoid. I'm like, sorry, guys, I'll like hold you back and stuff. Just avoid. So probably, I'm probably not the same height. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Short jump, come and bring them on. I'm ready. <laughs> um, okay, so when we're looking at um, people getting into the powerlifting side of things, um, what tips do you have for like females or dudes? Like they're pretty much the same. Like, um, but what what tips do you have for females who want to get strong and want to get started into it? Um, well, the first tip is if you're short, uh, you've got small levers, so that's an advantage to you. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the biggest tips with powerlifting is uh, don't overtrain. And that's something that I did in the first year of my powerlifting. I wanted to just get these heavy videos all the time. And every time I went in to go deadlift, I'm like, let's max out the bar. And um, it just caused my body to break down. I got neurological fatigues, bloody central nervous system like all over the place like my body was um i just aren't tired and it's just really unproductive so making sure that you've got a really good powerlifting program i mean you don't even have to compete people think that once they start powerlifting like they're obligated to repeat uh compete and they're not um it's just a matter of yeah just making sure that you've got a good person running your program that you're getting in all you you know you're stretching your recovery you're eating properly um and just listening to your body which is really something i've had to learn the hard way yeah seven years because you just sometimes when you lift you get excited and you just go 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 and um yeah your body breaks you have to sort of leave your ego at the door and yeah. just follow the program rather than going oh i feel good today let's go for one rms yeah. like let's yeah. do it it's like no follow your program yeah okay yeah, <laughs> um yeah what about eating do you find yourself as far as like um do you struggle going into the calorie surplus so as when you're going for like strength gains and stuff like mentally um, the truth um, yep. I never really talk about is I don't think I've ever been in a calorie surplus ever. Oh, really? I've either maintained or been under, yep. um, due to two things. Um, 
maintaining the body and a certain image, which unfortunately in this industry, there's a huge pressure. And number two is sometimes I get so busy that I forget, like I kind of nibble all day long and don't hit my calories. And yeah. that's happened a lot to me in the past, as well as back then when I was like lifting more, especially in the earlier years with the um, central nervous system fatigue, I just wasn't hungry. Like, yeah. like the last thing I was thinking about. Um, so with my diet, I really <coughs> don't focus on my calories so much anymore. I'm really micronutrient um, focused. So I'm making yep. sure that I'm getting all those minerals and vitamins in, not so much like got to hit this amount of fat and this amount of carbs. Um, what I do keep track of though is my protein intake to make sure that yep. that's getting that. the same. Yeah. And I, I know what that is um, generally speaking without like having to record everything. So um, yep. I think like when you are recording your macros, it can become pretty heavy when you're like logging in your phone all the time. So I think after a while of doing it, if you can learn you know, what things are. Yeah, I think it shifts into like intuitive eating, right? So I think like it's good to have a an approach where you understand what food is. And yeah. I think that comes from logging, you know, foods and macros and all the rest of it. And I think once you understand, okay, that chicken breast is going to yeah. be like this much protein and then I need the variety around it to make sure I'm hitting my micros and making sure I'm getting enough um, you know, it's health, right? So it's not just, you know, okay, you know, bland foods, but we have a variety of foods. And I think, you know, it's, that's the progression for people, especially once you achieve the, uh, somewhat of a body that you want, right? Like it's, you have to be more focused when you're trying to get to somewhere, you're learning what macronutrients are, what calories are, because there's like, obviously people have no idea um, at the start. They're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do the lemon detox diet or something crazy. Um, But they learn that. And then once they have this education standpoint around that, they can shift into more of an intuitive eating. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. If I'm having three meals a day or four meals a day, I just have to make sure that I'm having, you know, I know that, if I'm having a shake, okay, that's a scoop of protein. If I'm having dinner, I'm going to have a couple of palms of protein. Or if I'm having breakfast, a couple of eggs, whatever it is, like you can, you gauge protein so much easier. And protein, obviously, a primary nutrient for people to have if you're having that. And then essentially having your carbohydrates and fats around that as well. I think it's, it's an easy transition to intuitive eating where you can still maintain or even get like, um, fat loss um, without having to count specifically, you know, calories and macros. Yeah. I mean, like I, for example, for me today, um, I had like last week when I trained legs, I didn't eat that much like before my session and then I couldn't feel any activation, no blood pumping into my muscles. So before I went to training, just before I got on here with you, I like shoved down a banana, some white potato, just gauging my body like you're talking about and making sure that I had enough carbs and I was actually hungry for them. So just listening, you know, and and there'll be days where I'm like, I'm super hungry today. So I'm going to like eat heaps because that's my body telling me that you need to now go in a bit of a, what you call. Yeah. Like, no, I don't go to surplus all the time, but like, I'm going to eat more calories today because I'm, I'm tired. I'm not recovering and I'm actually hungry. So yeah, that's where I'm, but I've been doing this for a very long time. So I know my body and everyone's different. There are people starting out, I think that like going back to the basics and learning what macros are and making sure that you are getting enough for your goals is also important as well. But it really depends on where you've come from and how much knowledge you have and the level you're at. I think also like once you've been like seven years as a, in the industry, it's like um, if you start to feel a bit fluffy, 
Um, I'll use that term, fluffy. Um, It's very easy for you to go, okay, I'm just going to cut this out for like one or two weeks and you just feel tight again. You feel great again. It's like you, it doesn't have to be some form of, um, you know, scientific experiments as far as macros and calories and living inside the matrix. You just know, I was going to cut a bit of this out in two weeks. I'm going to start feeling fantastic again. But again, I think like when you're looking at the powerlifting stuff, if you're training for performance it's making sure that you're getting up and every single session you're trying to fuel yourself to make yourself feel fantastic in the session as well um and if you have a higher performance then you have a higher work output if you have a higher work output then you know you're more likely to gain lean mass and obviously you're going to get the volume through so that's also going to help you with a body transformation yeah yeah definitely yeah it really depends what you're training you know some people go into training without eating (laughs) <laughs> exactly right yeah you yeah it, you know so but yeah if you are going into powerlifting you're definitely going to pull more energy from the body so you're going to need it to sustain the whole session so yeah do, do you like training in the mornings or do you train in the afternoon sometimes uh i get tired towards the afternoon i um yeah. I, <laughs> I i can do it but like that's basically when the kids are home anyway so like to go back out into the shed late at night like i'm just like no nah, i'm done if it's a small session where it's a bit of a sweat session whatever but anything like hectic like a heavy deadlift session I noticed that my performance does go down in comparison to, you know, lunchtime when I normally train. Mm. Could be placebo, but, you know. Uh, hey, it's, it's all psychological as well, right? So I was like, you know, sometimes like we just feel like we can't, don't have it at certain times of the day. Me, like if I, I at like two o'clock, I just can't train. I can train at like four o'clock or three thirty-four. I can train at 4am or I can train at like sort of 11am. I have like certain times where I'm like, okay, I feel good. And in between I'm like, uh, this is not psychologically my training times. Yeah. So then yeah. I think it's probably is that placebo for me. Um, when did you start to tra- tra- uh, transition out of like the PT side of things and focus fully online? Um, so I think I, oh, let me just go back. So I've been online with Sweat for a year now. And then a year before that, I was also online by myself. So yeah, so the last two years, I let go of clients. Um, I just found that I could impact more people online than maybe spending five hours in person with five people. Uh, so yeah, I transitioned that way um, for a greater reach. And it also freed up my time with my family and to do other things that mm. I want to do. So yeah, I just feel like any any business online is the way to go. Like, yeah. and, but there's also that element where I, yeah. Well, there's an element as well that I, I miss being in person with people as well. So I'm actually yep. thinking about bringing back a couple of clients just to have that um, personal contact again. So um, there's got to be a balance. You, know? you don't want to isolate yourself and be that person in this room where you just like, nobody go nowhere. I literally said to live that I haven't like, I run some sessions. Some at RBT is like, I ran one the other day. I said to live, I think I might take some one-on-one clients again. She's like, please. Like you want the idea of running one-on-one clients right now, but like, like, trust me, you don't want to wake up at like 6am and start doing some sessions before like you have to do, you know, do everything else with work. Yeah, she's like, yeah. you tell me in three months if you feel like it again, and we can have this conversation. I was like, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I think she knows me better than I know myself. Um, <laughs> But with that, so how many many followers did you have a couple of years ago than when you transitioned? Um, On average, not specifically, on average. I think I had like, I had, I think, up to 950K. Okay. PT. So still a lot because I was still doing social media at the same time. Um, 
yeah, I've just kind of, like, it's that same thing, like, being consistent. So every day after my PT clients and the kids go to bed, post again. And because I trained the clients that I worked at and worked out myself, if that makes sense. So I work, I'll train my clients and then train myself. So I'll just get the data while I was there. Um, so all the, you know, everything was done. So it was just easy to upload it that night. Yeah, super easy. It's, it's interesting, right? Like so many people want to transition online before they have any type of following whatsoever because, you know, they want to live the lifestyle. Um, but, you know, for yourself, you waited to 900,000 followers to, you know, sort of let go of the PT to focus on it. Um, yeah. Do you find that um, that was a great thing to like really stay in the game as far as the PT side of things until that point? Well, I was kind of forced to because things got so busy online. I just couldn't share yeah. myself around. Um, but I think, I don't even know what the question was now. What was the question? Do you feel like it, you shifted because it was a necessity, I guess? That's what you're saying, right? Like yeah. it was just too busy online. So you had to let go of the clients rather yeah. than like going online because let's go make some money online for a better lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's never, yeah, it's never been my intention. It was just like I keep following what's being called. Um, so yeah. yeah them go slowly like they kind of dropped off over time because I like, had, had the ones I had and then wasn't taking anyone else on and then they were like I've got to do this I've got to do that and they all, just kind of all happened um and then I'm just like there's such a greater need here so then yeah went online and it was yeah the probably the best thing that I ever did like in in the way of like growth for social media growth for the programs helping people um yeah it's definitely a process but worth the risk if there are other people looking to do the same depending what their intentions are do you feel like um, you're you're spending more time online now, or you're just your work um, is not as long anymore? Oh no, I'm <clears throat> online like all the time. Like that's okay. that's a job that doesn't turn off. Like as yeah. you know, your phone is in your pocket. Um, yeah. so when it's beeping, you're on it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a thing that's not just like what we we're talking about earlier about at nighttime, then in the morning. It's all through the day. Yeah. Got, if, if I leave it, it means that all these messages are piling up like higher and higher throughout the day. And then I'm going to get overwhelmed at night. So it's like my daily job is social media, which is full time. And I think like people don't understand that, that it is a full time gig. Um, it's not self manageable. Like they don't go away. People are asking you things and, and you know, these are your clients that you need to get back to. So yeah, it's, it's a big job and I treat it like it is like a desk job from nine to five and you don't get to go home until you're done. So yeah. Do, you, do you find it hard then to switch off or do you found like you found um, tools or strategies in place to be able to switch off? Like obviously if you have constant notifications um, and you're with your partner, for example, do you find it hard sometimes to be fully present or do you have you had conversations about being fully present in the past? Um, I'm really lucky that I'm with someone that also does the same thing. Um, so he's really, really understanding and without him, I wouldn't be where I am because he's helped me grow this thing. He has helped film. He's the person filming me all the time. So I've had such a great support. Um, so <coughs> to this moment, he's really, really understanding. He never makes it any harder for me than it needs to be. And, I, and you know, like in the past getting together, like I used to get really like anxious if I didn't reply back to everyone in that moment. Um, but now I just sometimes put my phone down. I'm like, you know what? It's not going anywhere. The messages will be there in an hour if I have to go do something. And that's not to say that I sit on my phone 24 yeah. seven. I, I know how to be present because I know the importance of family and I know the importance of having a life um, because you can get really sick with stress and anxiety yeah. and become this person that's just closed off from the world. 
And I always make sure that I'm never that person. I, I treat this like it's a job, but I also treat myself with respect and the people around me. Yeah, I think the the biggest obviously reason I asked you that is because you have 1.6 million followers, but you know there's so many people who have a business and fitness businesses who will listen to this, and they will won't they find it hard to be present with their partner or with their family because they're like, no, no, someone's just messaged me, I have to get back to them right now. It's like no, like it's dinner time with the kids. Like yeah. it's okay to put your phone down and actually be have dinner with the kids right now because they are your kids. Um, do you find like if you could tell them it's okay to, you know, put that phone down and be present with your family that like you can still grow your following, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's always there and, and it keeps ticking over even when you're <laughs> not on it. Like if you're giving as much as you can, so you're replying back to the people that need it as a priority, you're posting every day, you're getting back to those people, just it's put it down because at the end of the day, it would be worse if the people around you left you and then you were by yourself. Like I, I've been a single partner before and I know what it's like to be alone and have really dark and hard times. So I never, ever take for granted what I have. Um, and every time I find myself getting overwhelmed or like, stressed in in the fitness industry i think you know what like i'm so great I, I go back to gratitude i'm like i'm grateful that i have my kids and i'm grateful that i have the safety of my partner who adores me and is my biggest support and I, i'm grateful for this house that i live in and the food that i eat. and i and i talk to myself and then i, I honestly all the anxiety calms down and then I'm, i find myself being present in the moment yeah it, it makes a big difference just stopping for a second and doing some self-talk people think self-talk's crazy you know yeah. Yeah. I've talked myself out of a lot of things. So No, it's like it's a perspective shifter, right? Like I think, you know, we so so often lose perspective. Um, that we think it's like, oh, like something's happened. And it's like, no, like I shift my perspective. I'm like, no, I've got two kids that are healthy. Like yeah. I'm pretty lucky right now. Yeah. Um yeah. so like I think the more you can learn to control your mind with self-talk, you know, you know, that's probably one of the best things that anyone can do because they can shift the perspective in the moment. They can focus on gratitude rather than, you know, negativity. And when you can't be um, negative when you're in a you know, place of grace. Um, so what about 2020? Um, obviously we got like two weeks or something like left in this year. Like, do you have any goals you want to share with us for 2020? Goals. Well, goals for me is to, number one, give, when I'm looking at social media, I want to give more back in a, I guess, more mental way, not just the training. I've been a lot, big, big trainer this year. Um, yeah. You know, do this, do that, superset that. And it's very like, you know, logistical. Yeah. Whereas I want to give back more mentally. So the struggles that I've been through um, and help, other people I'll probably open up a little bit and help other people on that level that's something you know earlier I was talking to you about being more private um so there's little areas that I want to open the box a little bit um just to be more relatable and also because of the things that I've been through I think it would be a waste just to go through things and never be able to share or help other people through the same type of things so that's a that's a big Instagram goal I guess <laughs> <laughs> do, you find, do you think that's going to be hard? Because obviously like putting up a training post, right? You, whilst it's not easy, it's also not hard because, yeah. you know, your partner can film you. You can go, okay, do this A, a set series, B series or whatever it is. It's yeah. an it's a, it's a easy post for you to do. But mm -hmm. when we're going into the more of the mental side of things, like, and there's a lot less hate that someone can give you um, yeah. on a, you know, a workout. If you start talking about mental health, 
And like, I, I love talking about mindset, mental health, all that sort of stuff. Like I do. Do you feel that um, it's going to be tougher for you to talk about? I think um, like you run a risk of being vulnerable, number one. Number two, people not responding to it. So maybe losing some yep. people that tune in. Um, and also I, I like it's something, it's a lot of uh, information that people don't talk about. Um, so like if I can be in a position like I am and be able to share a couple of things when I talk about mental health it's not so much about like you know suicidal things it's more so about um, you know finding motivation from within like our talks like to get people out of a dark place Um, because like like you said every day we wake up it's like some days you don't want to train like how do you get to the point where you tell yourself what to do to get to training so stuff like that uh, which I think uh, we don't have enough of. Everyone makes everything look so easy and glamorous online. And it's sometimes it just feels like, not sometimes, it is a fake world. <laughs> shed some light that we're just real people like anybody else. Um, that if I can do it, you can do it. So yeah, coming from a different angle. Is there any other goals you want to share with us? Or that's the big goal you want to share with us? Uh, other goals. I'm getting married next year. Uh, is it next year? Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been engaged for a while. Um, but we've been holding off till the kids get a bit older and, um, yeah, so that's, that's a big thing that's happening next year. That's huge. Um, but that's a personal thing. Um, yeah. any other goals I can't really speak about cause everything's top. No, 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 no. Yeah. Elements of surprise. I was, <laughs> <laughs> so I was asking the ones you want to, you can share or want to share. That's good. Like married. Oh, Jesus. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. So pumped for you guys. So I guess that's the biggest stuff I wanted to chat about today. Like, obviously, like I think there's so many people that, like, in the online space, and the online space in the fitness industry is such a massive topic at the moment. Everyone wants to be an online trainer. Everyone wants to have um, their own following or massive following. Sometimes it's for the wrong reasons because they just want to get validation and significance. Um, And sometimes it's for the right reasons. And I think talking to you today, like you got into the space for the right reasons, right? You simply wanted to share one, your journey. Two, you wanted to share as many, uh, help as many people as possible and from helping as many people as possible and dedicating hours upon hours on a daily basis over years is what's giving you the ability to grow that tribe, that following, and then has given you the ability to transition from, you know, the PT into the online space and, you know, make a decent income from it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's been a big couple of years, I can say that. And I think, like, if your intention is to be Insta-famous, um, go do something else. Like, yeah. if you have enough of people doing that. Like, make a difference in the world. If, if you do you have the intention to go out and, and do something online, um, have, uh, have an intent, a reason, and ask yourself, like, why? Why do I want to do this? Like, what's my reasoning? Understand yourself and then put something out there that's going to make a difference. Because um, I think the world that we live in today, we need more of that. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on here today. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's the Travis Jones show today. Um, actually, do you, where, where can people find you? Where can people find you? Well, I'm all over the place. I think I, <laughs> I try and be everywhere. Um, so I'm Stephanie Sanzo on Instagram. I'm Stephanie Sanzo on YouTube. I'm Stephanie Sanzo on Facebook. I'm pretty sure I'm on Twitter as well. I'm not, let me just repeat this. I am not on, um, what's that video thing? TikTok. 
TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. There is a Stephanie Sanzo on there currently, but it's not me. So if you see that, report it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all the places I'm in right now. Oh, was TikTok's like uh, more like um, like funny stuff? Yeah, yeah you could just a lot of fun. Jim fails. Jim fails. It could be like Jim fails. Stephanie Sanzo TikTok. You'll be you'll be killing it. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> guys that's where you can find it go check her out if you're not following if you're not one of the 1.6 million uh currently on uh ig go over there get some powerlifting tips and some insights on consistency and what i actually love is i like to reverse engineer as much as i can people's ig framework so like i'll watch people for like i'll watch their posting strategy and i'll watch their like the last sort of 20 posts and then i'll start watching their stories and i'll start to see like, do you have a framework around your stories or are you just sharing your life? Because yeah. some people are so methodical. It's like, okay, I'm posting like between 10 and 12 stories a day. I'm going to share this in the morning. Then I share. And some people are so full on. It's like, well, is that like your authentic life or is this a framework you've created because you're trying yeah. to name some algorithm? But yeah. for yourself, it's just you're literally sharing, which yeah, is cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's really cool. But guys, go follow her. Um, and again, thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me.